0: on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Akron Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Straight into football, guys talking softball. What a way for the Sooners to advance to the Women's College World Series. Then we give you the latest OU football updates and our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hostie, will kick this thing off It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Sunday, May 28th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games, With a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of May, and now, gosh, it's about to be June, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now we're recording this on Sunday morning, and Ted Lehman is back from the dead. How are we feeling,
1: big guy? I'm back, baby. I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Solid. I still may have a, uh, a cough outbreak or two during the show, but everything else is good. And uh, the rest of the family is just struggling through it now. So Ooh. I've passed the misery on, unfortunately. They're not I, happy about it,
0: which I, I get. <laughs> yeah, I... I wouldn't be overly pleased either. That's fair. That's fair to be upset, but we are uh we're glad to have you back. I am, I'm very glad to have you back because talking to yourself on a podcast is that it's not for me. It's not for me. It was it was odd. So good, good to have my man back. Now, happy Memorial Day to everyone out there, and thank you to all the men and women. Uh, that made the ultimate sacrifice for this country. Uh, thank you to the families. We get this extra day, man, and it's great, but it's always important to remember why.
1: Yeah, got to slow down a little bit. It's a party weekend. Everyone's having fun out there and enjoying the nice weather, but just take a quick second to remember what we're all uh, celebrating.
0: Yes. Now now we can talk about Kenzie Hansen being incredible. That, uh, dude, I I'm at Grand Lake. We're with my wife's aunt and uncle out here, and we were on the boat. I'm watching it on my phone and absolutely made a scene on the boats. We were tied up with, I was losing. It made my son cry because I was yelling so loud. (laughs) It it was, it was one of the cooler moments in, in OU history, especially recent OU history in all of sports, right? I mean, and I know there would have been another game, right? It wasn't necessarily do or die, but that that doesn't make the sooner magic less magical for me. That Ted, that was that was an all time moment, man.
1: Yeah, and it was huge, obviously because of the win streak stuff going on. And last game there at Marita Hines, it was interesting because. I don't know if it was as big a deal for everyone else as it was for Oklahoma because of the win streak, right? Like everything had been building towards that. And I know coach Gasso and the players had haven't been focused on that. They're just trying to win a championship and do the things that they need to do to get there. But for everyone else, like everyone else wanted that. And to see that that was perhaps going to slip away on the last game was just wild. And one strike away. And I, I got to be honest though. I I knew that there was a chance they were going to lose that game, but I still felt I was like they're going to win it, right? I didn't know she was going to hit a home run right there, but I was like they're going to they're going to find a way. Nothing is screwed here. We're okay. It was wild though, man. That was um can't imagine what that would have been like to be there. I bet that place was just insane.
0: Maybe the people behind the plate actually stood with with that one and cheered. Now I'm just kidding. Those people, you're doing great. You're doing great. I saw a uh, lot of crit- criticism for the people behind the plate, little little lack of juice, but hey, you know, it is what it is. But I think that's the fastest I've ever seen a human run around the bases on a home run. I mean, she was, and she, uh, that feeling had to be so good for Kenzie Hansen. But the weird part about that game is, I mean, they're up for nothing. They're cruising, and I thought it was over, right? I I thought, hey, there's no way that Clemson is coming back with the staff, with the the arms that Patty Gasso has in the circle. Like, there's no way. This thing's over, and that's a heartbreaking way for your season to end, and I feel for Valerie Cagle, man. I mean, you carry your squad to that moment, to that stage. You've got the ball to force a game three, and you just – you just couldn't get it done. That had to be an absolutely brutal feeling for her. But Clemson deserves credit, man. Yeah. I mean, they they deserve some credit, but gosh, this is a this is a resilient Oklahoma team. You're right, man. It until the game is over and they've lost, I'm not I'm not counting them out ever. Ever. Yeah.
1: No, uh, it was wild just to see the um you know, because they're all excited rightfully so clemson is and they they have that shot of the center fielder who had a really good game and she's like smiling and laughing and one strike away and then they cut to her after the home run it's just like it's just that quick right it's just that quick um but yeah that was wild you know they got into that jam and what'd you think patty went to the freshman and had trouble getting the ball over the plate there at first. Ended up getting her herself out of the jam, but after quite a bit of damage there, and it it whenever they went back to Kegel, um, Clemson did it, it. It became difficult to get any anything across the uh, plate. So, man, I I don't know. It was uh, as much drama as we've had all season, pretty much for OU. And I know some people hate that. And I've seen the the tweets out there about how boring it is that Oklahoma keeps winning, but hey, uh, that that game was anything but boring.
0: Oh, I I think you know how I felt when the squad hit the adversity during the game. I was like, dang it, they're gonna miss up. They're gonna mess up our recording schedule. We're going early in the morning on Sunday so we can enjoy enjoy Sunday Memorial Day weekend. And it was. It was a very selfish text. I know that. that was but
1: funny. What would you say? You said the softball team is uh, desperately trying to destroy our plans. Yes, they are <laughs>
0: determined to destroy our recording schedule. There may have been a few other words in there, but it was, it was a hell of a comeback. Uh, I mean, just a game with incredible emotional swings, a roller coaster of emotions. And when you think about the start of the game, just back to back jacks i was like this thing's over i yeah. mean they're gonna and, and maybe that's that's a bad assumption on my part but you're just so used to if they start a game that way that the avalanche just comes and once again credit to clemson for falling in that 40 hole and, and battling back the way that they did but i thought i thought jordy ball was fantastic yeah i thought she was absolute nails did you see what her dad tweeted after the oh, game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's got a point. He's That's got a point. That's crazy, though. How cool is that to have that, that moment, though, right? With everything on the line right there, you've got those two best players. On best on Yep. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, but Jordy came in. was it, three innings? I think she gave up one hit. And when, when they absolutely needed her to, to be great, she was fantastic, and I are we worried about Alex Storaco? Been beat up a couple times now. Her last couple outings, uh, we we concerned about that heading in the Women's College World Series. Now, our guy Chris Plank will join us on Wednesday for the full uh, Women's College World Series breakdown. But any any concern about Storaco?
1: I no. Not until someone tells me I need to be, I guess. Um, you know, I, I think that that you're going to start to see some really good teams here. Um, you know, I, I think uh, a couple of mistakes here and there. Teams are going to be able to take advantage of that. Uh, I, I really don't have that much of a of a of a worry, but I guess I could be proven wrong on that. You know, I, <laughs> you're asking really the wrong guy. I feel like we know what's got her here. We know the stuff that she's got. I think there's gonna be some teams that um her best stuff is is better for than others. I don't know necessarily how that matchup was with Clemson, but um I still feel pretty good about it because at the end of the day, you know, a lot of teams are going to ride their starting pitcher. And like we still have the ability to do that if we need to. I think, you know, Jordy Ball's obviously going to be the ace whenever we have to go there. But um, as of right now, no, I, I don't have any issues. Um, just gave up a couple of plays there. We had a couple of mistakes out in the field. Um, I think they got through that. There was probably, you know, tightened up a little bit after they had the lead and then Clemson came roaring back. Um, you know, with, with the winning streak and everything kind of hanging over their head there, I think that that maybe kind of piled on them a bit, but as of right now, no, I don't, I'm not worried about her.
0: If you're not worried, then I'm not worried. That's okay. how. That's how I'll do it. That we're a team here. If you're not worried, Perfect. I'm not worried. And I, yeah, I just think that I don't even know if you need. Yeah, you you want to have as many people as possible, right? That you feel comfortable with putting out there in the circle, but for the women's college world series, like you can also just ride Jordy Ball and Nicole May. Yeah. And you're probably feeling pretty good about that one-two punch. But we'll see. They're going to need Starocko to step up in a moment at some point no in doubt. Oklahoma City. So she'll uh, she'll get it back on track. Not worried. Ted's not worried. I'm not worried. There we go. She'll be good. She'll be good. Do Do we even need to talk about game one? I mean, game, game, two, one? game two was so unreal that it's like the Haley Lee Grand Slam in game one didn't even happen. Right? I mean, just because of how improbable the finish was for game two or how that ended up playing out in those last couple innings. Like, I I mean, Haley Lee, that, that was a, I mean, that's one of the best moments of the season, right? It's like, it didn't even happen.
1: I know. Uh, Yeah. It's wild. There's, um, there was a lot of drama packed into, to a couple of games there. And uh, you know, what's crazy about the whole thing, not to get the steer off, off topic a little bit, but I was shocked to find out that this is what Clemson's just their fourth year having a softball program.
2: Yeah. It's
0: crazy, right? Yeah. I, I read an article that Venables was one of the people, like one of the earliest supporters, like he got to Clemson and said, why don't what y'all you have doing? softball? Yeah. What's what's happening here. Yeah. softball's awesome. You guys should do that. Yeah. Yeah. And credit to Clemson for investing in that program. And they got some players, man. I, yeah another random thought I would love to see if you could combine like a CrossFit games with like a decathlon Kegel versus ball. I'd watch that. If you televised it, I'd watch it.
1: Just all of the different uh, events going at one another. That's all
0: feats of athleticism and strength. Those two, I mean, those two are, uh, those are two athletes right there. So I've, I would watch some type of competition between those two.
1: Yeah, Jordy Ball, man, she is She's fun to watch now. She is a, I I don't know, it's it's a little bit different to just see such an explosive athlete at, I don't know, I guess you feel like sometimes pitcher is not necessarily finesse, but I, I don't know, she's just, she's, so explosive it's just a it's a kind of a, a unique you don't see that from a lot of the other pitchers a lot of the other pitchers are taller and longer and you know have like a smooth feel to them she is like a grip it and rip it pitcher it's fun to watch man
0: yeah no i'm i'm with you i one last thing and everyone loves football guys talking softball i just I, that that's why we're starting with softball but I hope all you fans realize what, what is happening with this program is not normal. It, I mean, it's just not normal. And I hope fans, including us don't take this ride for granted. Like enjoy this while it's happening the way that it is, because it's not going to last forever as right. much as, as much as we want it to. And we think it's going to, like at some point, it's not going to be this dominant right now. Maybe it lasts forever. Maybe Patty lives till she's 120 and I'm wrong, but this is an amazing run for this program. So I I hope people are just really soaking it in, you know?
1: No, I I agree. It's, and I know our fan base absolutely loves it. You could see the, um, home run alley or the park outside. There's packed full of people and you know, it's, it's the buzz of the town around here it has been for, for quite some time that when softball's on, everyone stops what they're doing and, and watches. I can't imagine like, I, I don't know what nationally the, the ratings are. And I think they do pretty good, but locally everybody is dialed into what's happening with softball. So um, they get tons of support rightfully. So, but yeah, it's special. You never know how long it's going to, how long it's going to roll. Man. Um right now they absolutely have it going on. They're, they recruit as good as anyone. They they kill it in the transfer portal. They've got a ton of great things going around the program. Obviously, the, the new stadium that's coming along great. Uh, moving to the SEC, which is going to be really exciting. But, yeah, um, enjoy it while it lasts. You never know, man. You just – you never know how long it's going to go.
0: Yeah. All right, let's get to call your shot. We asked y'all, what was your reaction to OU's Game 2 win? And, yeah, they're – it, it's, it doesn't feel like going to the Women's College World Series is that big of a deal anymore, which is, once again, don't take that for granted. It's a very, very big deal. But uh, we asked y'all, what what was your reaction to OU's Game 2 win against Clibson? This first one comes from Wesley Dean, who says that Sidney Sanders made one of the greatest hustle plays of all time by going into the dugout and coming out with the third out so much happened we even forgot to mention that that was an awesome play
1: yeah that was incredible yeah that was um, a lot gets lost in the action there and that was one of those things where I had to like wait a second what did I just watch there it all happened so fast she caught that ball fell into the floor of the dugout and then got up and got was out of there with it in her glove in the blink of an eye that was incredible and left (laughs) like two or three girls in clemson laying all over the floor in there that was pretty cool a a
0: tremendous play that shouldn't shouldn't have to be as difficult as it was hey clemson gals move you got to get out of the way yeah get out of the way that or (laughs) got to knock her
1: down And not let her make the play either get out of the way or do a better job at not getting out of the way.
0: Yeah. You can't, they went with the in between you, you got to pick one or the other, Hey, move or make it very difficult for her to make the play.
1: I don't, is
0: there a rule? I know the obstruction rule in softball is a big deal, right? It's a big talking point. A lot of people complain about it. Would that have been some type of obstruction call if, they just tackle her as she comes into the dugout?
1: Well, I think if they were outside of the dugout, yes. And I I don't know, but I'm just kind of going off of the broadcast. I one of the things that they were questioning, I guess, during the review, which obviously it, it wasn't an issue, but they brought it up was was she inside the dugout when she made the catch? Which she wasn't. Her feet were outside. So I'm guessing, like, you have to make the catch on the in the field of play. So, like, had they gotten her way out there, yeah, I'm sure that would have been some type of obstruction. But, you know, once she goes in, inside the dugout, it doesn't matter anyway. She has to make the catch from the field of play. At least that's the way I gathered it.
0: Well, if that's the rule, then they should have karate chopped her hand and not let her catch the ball.
1: And then you know, I guess you just uh, you live with the ruling from there, right? Yeah, you live with it. Put it it on the ump.
0: You're trying to beat number one. You're trying to beat the top dog. You got to do what you got to do. Now, okay, this other one comes from Johnny Boy 316 on Twitter, who says he was in Home Run Village, was a dramatic and exciting, was as dramatic and exciting of a moment as I've ever experienced at any OU sporting event. I've ever personally attended when Kenzie Hansen hit that home run. That yeah. says a lot. The most dramatic and exciting experience our man Johnny Boyd 316 has had at any OU sporting event he's been to. Yeah. I mean, it was that cool. Dude. It was
1: that cool. Yeah. And again, I think it, it was. I think it, it means a lot to Sooner fans who love their softball. To have that longest winning streak ever, right? And obviously, the the season's not over. Had they lost, they'd be playing another one today, uh, still trying to win to go to the the World Series. But with that, like hanging in the in the balance, right? To to go through all of that, have the opportunity to to have that long win streak, and just the frustration, the disappointment. Um, everyone just heads down a little bit and have that moment lift everyone back up like that and and know that I, at that point, it tied the game up. But I think everyone knew at that point the game was over, right? So it essentially was a game winner. Just awesome.
0: Yeah. Right. When you think of the scenario, win streak on the line, Last game at that stadium for it to play out that way. I I know we hear the phrase like storybook, but yeah, that's like out of a movie, man. It was, it was really, really cool. And been kind of an up and down year for Kenzie Hanson, some injury issues. Right. And for her to have that moment, that was, that was awesome. All right. Birthday shout outs. Happy seventh birthday to taylor faulkner
1: happy ninth birthday to carson thatcher happy 20th birthday to luke ward happy birthday to jesse benitez
0: and oh boy you seeing this name yeah okay here we go happy birthday to Talula gray bargles barholz barholz
1: B-A-R-G-H-O-L-S. I Bargles. I you, Bargles. I thought you nailed it. Yeah. Bargles.
0: It that could be just I I tried my best. I tried my best. That's all it, that's man. all you can ask for. You nailed it. All right. Let's uh let's get to the OU football stuff. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Loves Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Loves Connect app unlocks exclusive deals can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with an expanded mobile to go zone. And, of course, don't forget to
1: grab yourself some of that delicious Java Amore. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma breakdown merchandise and is the best place to get your OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. It's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off.
0: And hey, you hungry out there? Well, then head to the garage for hand smash patties, butter toasted buns, and ice cold beer. The food is fantastic and it is the perfect spot to watch any big game. Visit com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right. OU football updates. Ted wanted to give you the opportunity. Uh, I had a rather lengthy monologue on <laughs> uh, my thoughts on how the the fallout from the Zedavian uh, Sims situation, his commitment, uh, some of the message board posts that became a big deal on social media, other recruits talking about it, you know, putting it out there, commenting on it. I shared my thoughts. Wanted to give you the opportunity if you had anything to say about that entire situation because I just. I don't like when our fan base, I don't like when our fans, including us, right? We're, we played there, but we're fans, even though we covered the team and all that stuff. But I just don't like it when, when people are going at us like that, man, I don't like it one bit.
1: Right. Well, Let me ask you this. What was your, what was your like general take on the, on the situation?
0: I, the, the Cliffs notes would be the thoughts of a couple of people clearly don't represent majority of the fan base but also what getting criticized that's part of being a college football player mm-hmm. and the sooner that you realize that what people say on social media whether that's a message board or twitter whatever right it's not real life yeah It's just not real life well so i i don't know man it was it was just it became such a big deal that it was frustrating you know
1: that's the thing to me is it, I don't think anyone in college football, like as far as like the, the fans of college football that follow the soap opera, I think anyone is surprised to see that a fan base had some, some folks on a message board that were upset that a recruit that they thought they were getting went somewhere else. Right. And had some ridiculous things to say that happens everywhere. It's not just Oklahoma. It happens everywhere. So no one was surprised about that. What was interesting is the way that that one caught caught fire in a bad way. And everyone kind of jumped on a bunch of other recruits that Oklahoma's in on, like jumped in and, you know, were shaking their head or whatever. I, was, I had never
0: seen that really before. Right. And maybe maybe it's happened multiple times and I just didn't see it and I saw this one because it's OU, right? I had never seen that many recruits comment on something like that.
1: That's what made it really frustrating, right? Right. is It's like, oh, my gosh, because you're basically – I don't think that there's any real recruit that what a screenshot of what four people said on a message board is going to change their opinion on whether – where they're going to go to f- to play football um but it like it, you feel like it opens the door right and if they you know it's almost like they're using that for a reason to to say that they don't want to be there i don't know it's probably all um you know just trying to build on the moment for uh for likes and retweets and to get the fan base to beg you to come back like i i don't know how all that stuff works but you know, at the end of the day, I I realize that you're gonna have fans say bad stuff. I wish they wouldn't, but it's what makes the the sport what it is. There's 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 people that have maybe too much invested in in recruiting and in the outcome of their team and, and all of those things. But I I'm I'm basically with you. If if you think that what some numbskull says on a message board is, is in any way going to determine how you play or where you go or like that is putting a lot of power into uh, some very weak hands, right? There's no reason to do that at all. So I think all of it was probably made into, not probably, was made into way more than what it is you can go to any any message board with any fan base and whenever they lose out on a recruit every fan base is going to say the same type of stuff we didn't want the kid anyways I heard he wasn't any good if he wants to go there so be it they just pay like we all know it's this is nothing new so um I mean it's frustrating that you know we didn't get the recruit I know they felt pretty good about it at least it sounded like they felt pretty good about it um, up until, you know, close to the time that he committed. Which you know, it's never over until the 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 ink is uh, is dry and the and the papers have been sent. So, you know, you you got to continue to conduct yourself uh, reasonably. But yeah, man, that's the only thing I would say is like, if you're a fan, keep things into perspective a little bit. They're just kids. And I know that they get treated differently and don't get treated like kids and don't act like kids a lot of times. That's fine. They're going to make some mistakes. We've all made mistakes, uh, especially whenever we're 17, 18 years old. Give them a little bit of leeway. We're going to be just fine.
0: Yep. Feel like you you nailed it, man. Nailed it. Okay, a couple other things I want to get to. So... Colin Kennedy from 24-7 Sports reported that OU signee Keon Brown is going to have to go to junior college, right? Going to go to Garden City there in Kansas. This was a bummer for me, Ted. This is a guy that you and I were both very excited about after talking to the coaches about him when we were doing our signing day coverage there for Sooner Sports Properties. And it just, man, it's a bummer because six, two and a half, one ninety, 190 and can fly. Those, those guys just don't grow on trees, man. And we certainly haven't had many of them at, at Oklahoma here lately. So yeah, I, I hated seeing that clearly it, the assumption is it's, it's an academic issue, right?
1: Yeah. and Yeah. That is frustrating. I didn't see that coming. I don't know if that was something that maybe was in play the whole time. Um, but yeah, that's, because we need we need help at wide receiver right now. I mean, I think we got some good guys on the roster and some good talent in the room, but you know, it's it's still yet to be determined who's going to step up and be the uh, the go to playmakers. And I thought he was going to uh, be a guy that would have a chance to come in and compete. And who knows what you get out of a out of a true freshman with some of the measurables that he has. So, you know, it's interesting. I. You just feel like whenever you lose a guy to junior college, it. I, how often do you ever do does it all work out and they come back? You know, it's, it's just. Right. It's almost like you've lost this one, you know?
0: Yeah. Now, because if he goes to Garden City and has a massive year, then maybe some teams that. Because he wasn't the highest, you know, the highest recruit, right? But. Yeah. A lot of times, you and I aren't necessarily so caught up in that. Now, I, I do think you know stars matter. You want to you want to have a top five class. Like, there's a lot of data that points to to the fact that you you have to bring in those type of players. But he, this is a kid that you you saw the measurables, you you saw some of the rawness in there, and, and you you looked at him. You're like, okay, if Emmett Jones can turn him into a polished receiver, like the the measurables are there right the physical makeup is there and sometimes you know sometimes those are the type of guys that can be huge difference makers in your program right when when you ended up getting a guy that let's say bama didn't necessarily want and i i don't remember who all offered keon brown i'm sure his offer list was extensive but you know you had him right you had him in the nest right now now he's out of the nest, right? And you, you basically, you got to you got to re-recruit the kid once once his junior college career plays out. So we'll see, but yeah, I was that was a bummer. I think now there's only, I think is the only wide receiver in the class.
1: Yeah, that's Now right. high
0: school kid, so.
1: Yep. And, and he's a summer arrival too, right? So he should yeah. be there here pretty quickly and get rolling with the team. So we'll hear kind of what he's got to bring, but you know, I, I guess one of the good things is it does sound like, you know, Venables and, and staff have a have a good connection with Garden City Community College. So hopefully they, you know, he's in good hands there, can get whatever issues he needs sorted and get back quickly because, you know, that's he's got some elite traits. Like that's, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 190, 195 pounds. Talk about usually put on about 10, 15 as a freshman of good weight. And he's going to be right in that wheelhouse of, of of what your elite type of receivers typically look like. So frustrating.
0: Yeah. Anchor on his four-by-one relay team. So in Florida. So he got, yeah, guys easy. got some juice.
1: Not easy to do there.
0: Yeah. So hopefully – it all ends up working out for Keon Brown. And he's in Crimson and Cream in the future. Uh, only time will tell. Okay, last thing. Oklahoma lawmakers love love NIL, Ted. They love it. The Oklahoma Yay. House and Senate overrode. Is that right? Have overridden? Overrode? Mm,
1: have overridden. I like have, that.
0: Have overridden uh, Kevin Stint's veto. And w- when you look at, what what does this mean? What does this not mean? You you still are not supposed to just walk up to high school recruits and hand them bricks of money. That that's not how it's supposed to work. But the the new state law prohibits the NCA from coming down on an institution that is working with an NIL entity. Right, the the language is the NCA is prohibited from coming down on institutions involving protected NIL activities, and athletic departments are now legally allowed to throw their power behind preferred collectives. So that can be a collective; it can also be a university foundation, which is very interesting. So, Ted, now Brent Venables can come out and tell people directly without punishment, hey, give to this. This is how you can help. Give to this. You don't have to tap, da- tap dance around that anymore, which I-, I think is a good thing.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. And, you know, I think a lot of this, like the way this is all gone, they followed pretty closely what Texas has done, um, you know, legally and in, in, in some of the different aspects that they've done. And, um yeah, I think the biggest thing is that donors now, fans now will be able to give to um you know, NIL depending how it's all set up and and when they announce all that and everything, but I think it's going to be able to be a charitable contribution which is big time. Right? That that changes the game for a lot of the big donors that we really need in the game to uh, to be able to compete with some of the bigger collectives across the country. And the fact that it looks like they're going to be able to do that now is awesome. And I believe that because of the way that the bill is written, it becomes active immediately. Right. So even though it hasn't all passed and, and gone through the, whatever the full range of, of, of uh, action that it needs to in the legislator that legisl it is enacted now to where they can start you know following those new guidelines immediately
0: so i i was curious as to what it meant for donors right so i asked what type of benefits the university was able to provide for donors that give to the collective or the OU Foundation or wherever the university is going to want all of this to run through, and basically the answer I got back was they get a tax credit, but and here this is the quote: tax credit, but yet, yet, but not yet other tangible items, i.e., ticket related benefits. They said, we are looking into creating unique experiences as part of a benefit that's allowable. That got my wheels turning a little bit. And I know I've talked to some other people that have have had a similar idea, but really the way that I think this will all end up working in a perfect world is it's the university, it's the university's foundation working directly with the donors. The donors give to it. Right, the coaching staff is involved in how all that money is going to be allocated and dispersed. Right, you basically, you basically develop a salary cap. Right, and I, I know it sounds weird, but this is just the college football we're living in now. And you, this is how I would do it. You have eight to ten people that basically become. Like owners of an NFL team. It's so, like, hey, if you give X amount, you can come to all these practices. Hell, you can sit in on meetings if you want to. You can come to the big recruiting events, meet all these guys. You get X, Y, and Z for OU Texas. Like that, you become almost a stakeholder for an annual contribution of X amount for X amount of years. And basically you sell it as like, Hey, you, if you do this, you are in this very exclusive club and you become one of the stakeholders of OU football or what I'm sure they could come up with a better, better word than that. But I, I think that would be a good way to approach it. Now you still, you want to get all the donations you can get right from everyone, from anyone that's willing to give you, you definitely want to do that. But I think, you could create an experience package for some big-time donors that would would be very interesting for them because people love exclusive clubs, Ted. They love them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's – how many times do we get asked kind of the same thing? Like, what's it like to come out of the tunnel at OU Texas? Well, you know – Lead the team out. You you make the right donation, you lead the team out of the tunnel. Maybe
0: not I, the whole team, but you may, maybe lead the team out. May, maybe lead the specialists out that are going out first, you right. know, for to, to kick.
1: You know? Something lead them like out that. for walkthrough. You know, I but just whatever those type of uh those those cool moments may be. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. And yeah, you know, we'll see where it goes. I think this this hopefully is um it's been tough on Oklahoma. You know, we've. It's 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 actually it's a. It's we know a, too much. We know too much. It, it's it's a good thing, but it's also a point of frustration that a lot of times it feels like Oklahoma is really slow to act. I, Josie is just he's very good at playing the long game and doing things the right way instead of rushing in, putting all your eggs in one basket before you have the proper uh, legislation there before, you know, really what the future is going to hold. Like we want everything now we want it immediately. You know, Josie is, he's, he's very good at being patient and kind of letting things play out. And I feel like because of that, they've, got themselves into a really good spot here and hopefully you know should be able to build this into one of the better collectives um in the country so uh i'm excited about it i think it's going to be great and you know with with the way that coach venables has a vision for it for the money to be spent and implemented the the way he thinks about it is i think unique to kind of the rest of college football and if, if they're able to, um, to get it done the way that, that he has envisioned it, then I think it's going to be really well done.
0: Yeah. It, it, it seems like this allows the university to have a larger role in this entire process. And, you know, there's a debate to be had about, you know, whether the university – Using a licensing deal and taking their piece, like, is that fair to the players? And that, I think there's a balance there, right? Where the players can be benefiting from the logo, from all that stuff. And some of these marketing uh, type things. So we'll, we'll see how that ends up working out. But I would assume the leadership at OU, they're going to want this all running through one thing that they've got a lot of control over so I I don't know if that's going to be the OU foundation I don't know what happens with crimson and cream that collective I, I don't know how that's all going to work but I I would assume that they're going to want it running through one thing to make it as simple on the fan base as possible
1: yeah I think that that's been a problem not just at OU but at a bunch of different places is um maybe indecision or fans not not knowing Confusion. where to go with the
0: money yeah like where hey trust. who do i give my money to where's it going who's controlling this like that's yeah that's been an issue for sure all all across the country
1: and whenever you know that the university is in on it and i they're doing it for a reason they're they're not a uh out of state or trying to swoop in and make a quick buck off of, off of a a fan base. That's trying to put a collective together, right? They're, they're doing it the right way.
0: Yeah. I would, I, if, if it's not against any rules, I would anticipate everything going through the OU foundation, but we'll, we'll see how this ends up developing that there's there's definitely a plan so we'll see what it ends up looking like one other thing about the law i just i just want everyone to know the the law also allows for basically anyone to represent these athletes here in the state of oklahoma as an agent before the representation was supposed to be you know limited to attorneys or agents that were certified stuff like that now it seems like anybody can be their agent all of us let's make sure these kids don't get taken advantage of. Right. And I think this is in place for, you know, a parent or an aunt or uncle or someone to be able to handle this or a cousin, whatever, right. To make it easier for the school to communicate with the players about all the NIL stuff. And I get that, but let's just all work together and make sure these kids are getting taken care of the way they should be getting taken care of. That's, Now those young men, they got to, they got to make smart choices, right? You can't, can't hold their hand through everything, right? They're adults. I know we refer to them as kids a lot, but they're adults. But I think as a fan base, we should, we should do our best to make sure it's the best way to put it. Everything, everything passes the sniff test with this stuff. When it comes to these guys' representation, let's, Let's look out for them collectively as a community shall we
1: yeah yeah for sure and um yeah because there could be a lot of people acting as representatives of of players that are not actually representatives of players perhaps like I don't know that does seem like a uh, uh a, a a scary way to go about things perhaps but yeah let's let's all remember what it is exactly we're we're trying to um we're trying to look out for the best interest of the players trying to get them in a good position I we want this for these guys we want this for our football program let's um be a part of it on the positive side not the negative
0: yeah any anything else with that with that law getting passed that you think significant but really it's just how the collective or foundation, whatever, how that that whole thing is going to operate. And then the little agent piece. Other than that, it just seems like the university's a bit of a
1: sigh of relief, right? Well, yeah. And, you know, I know that some people think that now that the university is going to be able to be involved in it, that this means maybe there'll be less there for the players. 100% totally not true. Um, The university, uh, you got to imagine the alternative, right? Where you've got people out there that, yeah, there's going to be collectives that are put together and done the right way. And people want to provide the most for these players. But uh, a lot of times it's going to be, how can, how can I make money off this myself? You know? So, the fact that the universities are going to be involved I I think is the best way to make sure that it's run reasonably, that these deals, whatever the NIL opportunity is, is done properly, is vetted right. I I just – when the university is behind it because they know ultimately right, we go as the football program goes. Like we need this thing to work. Right? The University of Oklahoma is not going to screw around on an NIL deal to make a couple of quick bucks, and and put in question the uh, the football program or or athletes uh, because of that. So, you know, I put that myth to bed. Like this is by far the best way to do it.
0: Yeah the the university they're they're going to want their piece, right? They're going to want their piece when it comes to some of the things that involve licensing, you know, the logo, guys in jerseys, like that type of stuff. But I do think, and there's probably a debate to be had about it, but I do think them being involved and being able to contact donors and sponsors that have been loyal to the university year after year after year, them being able to go into that Rolodex and try to connect players with those people and and create some nil opportunities for the players i i think that makes the university getting their piece worth it for those guys
1: well and and this is what those donors want right yes they those donors want to do it through the university where there's trust where you know they've they've donated a lot of money they understand like the give and take like how this whole thing plays out. So yeah, this, this is, this is absolutely the way to do it for sure.
0: All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first
1: Bishop McGinnis Catholic high school represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma city grounded in a faith-based education. Students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics where they've won over 100 state championships and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available.
0: And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica compares and contrasts coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Insurica's goal is to help you avoid a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend?
1: Ooh, boy, I had to go with Luton Town. Now, uh, not a huge soccer fan, but I saw this story, and fascinating Um. I guess they've been involved in this thing since the beginning, all the way back to 92, and have never made the Premier League. Well, uh, they made it over the weekend, and it's going to be an influx of 200 million bucks, and this is like exactly what you would imagine. The small town, uh, the, the stadium that's like in the middle of a neighborhood, and they get it done in penalty kicks, lose their captain, uh, right, whenever the game starts, and he's watching in the in a hospital bed. It's like right out of a, a movie or a TV show. Uh, but that was really cool to see them be able to get that done. Uh, the relegation and promotion thing is just fascinating, isn't it?
0: It's it, it's fascinating. I know there are a lot of people out there. Oh, we need it in American sports. I I don't think we're ever going to get it right, especially in the major four. It's just just not don't gonna have happen.
1: anything that's even set up. Yeah, close. I guess the, like minor league baseball, but that, oh, that would never work.
0: Yeah, the reason it works over there is because it's the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. So i I was reading about this. I don't even know what's the college football equivalent because nine years ago, Luton Town was in the fifth tier of English football. So I, I don't even is it like D3. a
1: is it like a D three team playing their way into the SEC? Like how the fifth tier, I I don't know how how much the difference in the separations of tiers is, but I mean, you got you got D one, you got D two, D three, N A I A. I it would be pretty far down there, but like Like an NAIA
0: team playing themselves into the SEC conference in college football.
1: Basically. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. I, I, I
0: was reading all about it. There's their stadium holds like 10,000 people. And one of the entrances, there's a, there's a bedroom above it where you go into the stadium. There's like an apartment. It was, I saw a tweet from Darren Ravel, who said 20 years ago, that team was purchased, and I'm I'm choosing to believe. Revel's the numbers guy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm choosing to believe that this is true, but they were purchased for seven
1: dollars. Crazy! Must have had a bunch of debt piled up or something. I don't know, but yeah, it's so cool. Like to see the like the stadium. To me, is awesome. And I know it said that they're going to make a bunch of renovations and and everything, but. I, I think the. I. The fact that it is what it is, and it's built into a neighborhood, like you said, like these you got these small little hamlets that are like right up against it, and then you kind of walk up the stairs and you're into the stadium. It's, I mean, that's what gives it the the real character. I don't know, like, what would you want to do to it? I, you yeah, don't change it bucks. too
0: much. Yeah. So from a financial perspective, the story is incredible, right? But from a financial perspective, people may not know this. When you get in, like this is the, they were in the playing game to get in the Premier League. They now get $200 million. The owner. Yep. Like that, that's what you get when you make it. Now we'll see, we'll see how much, (laughs) how much of that money the players end up getting.
1: (laughs) But well, they'll it, have they'll start to change their roster quite a bit, won't they? And start bringing in bigger name players and stuff. And that typically what you you would see yes. there.
0: So we'll we'll see what that looks like for them. But just yeah, these stories, these promotion stories in soccer
1: are they're awesome. They're they're awesome. It's it's seriously it's like right out of it's what you would imagine when you watch the, uh, the Ted Lasso show, right? It's the stadiums like right in the middle of this little town. And what is it like an hour and a half North of London, I guess is what they said. And it's just, it's so cool. So cool. And I can't imagine what those, that small amount of fans for that, that small team are going through right now. It has to be like the coolest experience ever. Oh,
0: no doubt. All right. Who do you have as your loser? of the weekend
1: man. I had to go with Texas. How about, um, how about Texas getting knocked off by Tennessee at the Knoxville, uh, super regional, huh? Yeah. I pretty wild. I I mean, it's,
0: it it seems like Tennessee's got a squad. Yeah. Right. When, When you think about the teams that could really challenge. OU at the women's college world series. It seems like that team's got a ton of momentum, but, I, I'm not surprised Texas went down there and got beat. Right, it's it's hard to go on the road, and uh, you're seeing it across the landscape right now. It's really hard to go on the road and win a super regional in softball. And yeah, it just kind of went how I thought it was going to go for Mike White's crew. And I know oh, OU fans everywhere are heartbroken that the yeah. Longhorns weren't able to make it to Oklahoma City. And I'm joking, but I'm also kind of serious. Because I think Oklahoma fans wanted one more shot at Mike White at, at some point this season. They're hoping that they'd make it to, to the Women's College World Series.
1: At least to have another rooting interest, uh, someone to boo and and everything throughout the tournament. Yeah. Uh, but they got pasted by Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, 9-0. Did you see the in-the-park Grand Slam? Yeah. That,
0: I, I don't know how many of those there have been, but it seems like that would, that would be a short list.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty wild. Texas is, um, they're done. And I know people were excited about that, but uh, it, it's almost like you, you almost wanted them to make it. So you could, you could root against them, but they're gone. And it was, uh, it was kind of fun to see And Tennessee. They got a nice little squad there, man. And, um, Oklahoma State's in. That was a uh, that was a pretty nice win over Oregon to get them in, but like your two your two real your big foes there. One didn't make it, one is in.
0: Yeah, I I'm glad Oklahoma State made it. I really like Kenny Gasky. So I I I think that's good for the state, right? And who knows? Maybe we'll get a little bedlam action there in Oklahoma City. It's shit. It would not surprise me. It seems like Oklahoma State's founded over these last couple weekends after limping into the tournament.
1: Yeah, it was ugly there for a little bit, but um, they look pretty good against Oregon. Yeah.
0: All right, let's get to my winner and loser.
1: But first... John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years, family-owned and operated. Got nine full-service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program, and here's how it works. Buy a new or used car from them. All you have to do is get all of the manufacturer-recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership. And if something goes wrong with the components of your engine, transmission, drive, axle, or transfer unit, they'll cover the repair cost. It's a great deal. You can browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at VanceAutoGroup.com.
0: And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma, tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Come on, people, make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, for my winner of the weekend, thought about going with the Denver Nuggets. They're just sitting and chilling, man. Just waiting and seeing. Been a while. <laughs> just resting recharging the batteries that's got to be now maybe there is a rest versus rust debate that will develop but i don't know jokic is probably getting bored by this point uh, that 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 series between boston and miami's going seven meanwhile the nuggets are just hanging out got to be a good feeling
1: yeah it seems like they've been done for a long time and, uh, yeah, we got game seven going on. And I I know there's always maybe a, a rest versus rust discussion, but I, the rest isn't going to last very long. The rest is going to be very, very beneficial, especially when you got, like, that's been a physical series for the Celtics and the heat. Uh, you know, physically draining seven games is tough. To be able to sit there, sleep in your own bed, get rested, recovered, take care of whatever bumps and bruises you have that's a massive advantage
0: yeah but my winner of the weekend the boston celtics the miami heat were 0.1 seconds from going to the nba finals to take on the nuggets but and, and jimmy butler said it they cut to him said hey we need one stop well they didn't get it no all you had to do was block Derek white out and you're headed to the NBA Finals, but didn't do it well enough. Uh, just a tremendous individual play by him. It, it really it was, was the
1: inbounder, an inbounder,
0: wasn't he? Yeah, it, and Marcus Smart. He had he had had a nice game shooting the ball, mm-hmm. and it was an in it was in and out. I thought it was going in, but doesn't fall, and Derek White saves the day, saves the season for the Boston Celtics. Just a tremendous finish to what was a really good game and man Celtics they certainly look like they're going to be the first team to come back from down 30
1: they do I I don't know I I I would be not shocked but I would be surprised if the heat were able to pull it off on the road like having it right there got the foul call with the three three fouls late by Butler you know and you've got them on the ropes. Uh, to be, not, not get out of it in that moment, you feel like that was your opportunity, right? Right. I
0: mean, Butler hits all three of the free, free throws, clutch, 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 and just wasn't enough. And it's, you, as you watch the game, it, it's amazing. Boston went 7 of 35 from three. On the road, in a game that Miami had to feel like, absolute, like, you got to have it. You can't let it go back to Boston, right? It's the worst 3-point shooting game of the year for the Celtics. And they won. And, and meanwhile, Duncan Robinson, who oh. he's had a he's had a strange year, but talk about a guy that's not sleeping well right now. Just looks wide open looks that looked like they were going in and just didn't fall for it, man. Brutal, brutal. And you could see his reaction just, oh, my God, how did I miss that?
1: It's like the the wide-open look is the harder shot. You need, like, a little bit – just a hand. Like, doesn't have to be, like, a super hard contest, but you need something there uh, instead of just, like, being able to, like, test the wind, couple of easy dribbles, and put up a shot that was – that was wild. I I couldn't believe you missed both of those.
0: The the table is now set though. And I I don't think I don't think anyone ever feels bad for Boston sports fans. They've had quite the run over the last 20 years, right? You had Tom Brady. No one feels bad for you. The table is now set for an absolutely hilarious loss for them in game 7 at home. I know which is kind of what I'm rooting for. It'd be the funnier. It'd be the more entertaining thing. I think even though I'd rather watch Boston and Denver in the finals, but it would be hilarious if they did all of this, clawed all the way back just to lose at home in game seven.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I wonder what you're going to get from Miami. Are they like, after being up 3-0, are they just, and being that close last night, is it going to be too much emotionally for them to climb out of that? Or is it going to be right back to kind of to what they want, where they're the underdog, you know, like was it a weird position for them to be up three Oh and where they were? I, I don't know. Um, But a part of me is like, does it really, does not matter if it's Boston or Miami? I feel like the nuggets are going to roll.
0: I'm with you. All right. I think if you're the Heat, if you would have told them, and I kind of hate these hypotheticals, if you would have told them this before the series started, I, if you would have said, hey, comes down to one game, you win, you go to the finals, say, I think they would have said, yeah, we'll take that. Let's do it. So they just, they have to reset or that. You mentality. didn't ask
1: him that like before you told him you could also be up three Oh and have, yes, <laughs> you
0: didn't tell You're not telling them how you get there in the hypothetical. <laughs> so I'm sure that's something that, and I, I'm not counting Jimmy Butler out. I'm just, I not. So I, I, I
1: just, I just wanted really to be a like great we game. La- yeah. Like you had last night. That was because it looked like they were done last night. Um, well, they were down 10 with what? Just a handful of minutes left. Right. Yeah.
0: So we'll we'll see we'll see what ends up happening. I just I just want to be entertained. Just give us an entertaining game seven. All right, for my loser of the weekend. Thought about going with Kyler Murray. He's yeah. he's battling back, rehabbing, and the Arizona Cardinals cut DeAndre Hopkins. And they're taking a $22.6 million cap hit to do so. Which I think his cap hit was going to be like 30 point seven, five or something like that.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a big cut captain, but. Yeah. Cut him and still taking the 22.6 million hit. He's been vocal about getting out of there. He's, he's given his list of teams that he's interested in the quarterbacks. He's interested in playing with, but can't be a good feeling for Kyler Murray. I can't, as you're trying to come back from an ACL tear, can't love that.
1: Arizona's is in a, they're in a really weird spot. Yeah. I wonder if they're just saying like next year, next year's a rebuild. I, we might as well clear some cap space. I know we're going to take a hit here in the near term, but to try and, you know, get their, their financial house in order a little bit better for a future run. I don't know, but it's tough, man. It's, to a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, which, you know, you do have to wonder how much, uh, how much more does, does DeAndre Hopkins have left in the tank? I think right. he's got at least a couple more really good years, but you know, he's, he's been a little more often injured than he was previously and uh, still an incredible talent.
0: Yeah. But just can't be a great feeling no. for Kyler as he's trying to come back from the injury. Also thought about going with college lacrosse. Do you see this? No. Duke. Penn state national semifinal Duke wins it in overtime guy scores foot was in the crease before he shot the ball, which the rule in lacrosse, if your foot, if you step into the crease before you shoot the ball goal doesn't count. There's four refs. No one says anything. They don't re- I guess it's not reviewable in college lacrosse, which how you can't review the game-winning goal, that is – that makes no sense. Wow. But, yeah, Duke ends up going to the national championship game via a overtime goal that shouldn't have counted. And the refs wow. just ran off the field. They disappeared.
1: <laughs> See ya. We're gone. Yeah,
0: it was – maybe Duke ends up winning it anyways, right? But it was not – the way you want your national semifinal to end.
1: That's brutal.
0: It no. was brutal, dude. The Penn State guys were all pointing at the jumbotron like, no, he's a the crease, and the refs were nowhere to be seen. They'd already made their way to the locker room.
1: Now, it does remind me of, of something that I saw last night. You may have saw this. Uh, a, a state high school baseball championship game Drop third strike. Oh. And the catcher picks up the ball, tries to tag him, doesn't tag him. And the up says safe. And he still, like, goes and, like, throws his glove in the air and, like, tackles the pitcher, and they have a big dog pile. Meanwhile, two players on base for the other team circle the bases and win the game. It's oh. crazy. I, it, it was wild.
0: Brutal. But my loser of the weekend, I'm going with the nine-game SEC conference schedule. Now, I, I think I, I think like a lot of us, I just assumed that this thing was gonna happen, right? When it was just a logical next step for the SEC once OU and Texas are in the conference. But Brandon Marcello for 24 7 Sports has reported that there's there's some momentum to keep the schedule at eight conference games there and at least five SEC schools. Are heading into SEC spring meetings this week, opposing the pot, you know, changing to a nine-game conference schedule, and according to Marcelo, Alabama is one of those schools. Is one of the five. It, I I feel Ted. I feel like when Kentucky and Arkansas are saying it, it's one thing. Okay, when Big Bad Bama is saying it, it it carries a little more weight. So uh, I can be interesting to see how this thing plays out. I I did not see this coming. I thought it was going to be nine. And it's probably, I still think it's going to end up being nine, right? Because money. But yeah, very interesting that Bama could come into these SEC spring meetings and say, yeah, we don't want the nine. We let's keep it at eight.
1: Weren't they one of the original to say they wanted nine? Nick
0: Saban was the main driver of that, but I I did a little more reading on it, and this may be a calculated play by Bama and by Saban because I guess their proposed three annual opponents in the nine-game model would be Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee. Yeah. And I, I think Saban saw that and said, hey, guys, I mean, come on. Right, some of these schools are getting three cupcakes, and we're getting Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee every year. I mean, come on. So it may be, it may just be a a bargaining tactic by Bama, but I, if Alabama's opposing the nine game schedule, that that means something because the other four are just they're they're not Bama,
1: right? I don't know. I don't know how this thing works. Um, I, I think the nine games make sense the like I, I saw the the article about the uh you know the a game conference schedule is gaining momentum. I it it's not. There's no way that it's gaining momentum. Like you may have Alabama wanting to use it as leverage to renegotiate who their three teams are. Maybe some other schools are are trying to say we got to make it a little more fair, but everyone wants to make more money um i the whole talk over well we've got these non conference games that we've already scheduled
0: oh my god that's gosh. just
1: absurd that's absurd like no we can't move
0: those we we haven't seen it, it's like they forget that 2020 happened where everyone's schedule became incredibly flexible and yeah. it all worked out just fine yeah, no, 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 literally... we can't reschedule these non con games. We can't do that. That's impossible. Oh, shut up.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. I still think it's gonna be the nine game. Uh I don't I don't know what's better. I don't care. As long as you get to play as long as the schedule makes sense to where you play every school home and away in four years. Yeah. Right. Like, however you like, I don't care as long as there's continuity there and everyone sees each other. None of this BS where Georgia still has not played in college station in over a decade. Right. Like none of that crap, that, that all is BS. They need to throw that out. Um, Like now how, how you get there about how many opponents and all that stuff. Like, I really don't know. Like, and honestly, honestly, for Oklahoma, and I know that Oklahoma and Texas probably don't have any say in it at all, but, you know, we already lose the the home game every other year with the neutral site OU Texas, right? The eight game with, a, with four non-cons probably gives you the ability to have that extra home game that you're missing every year. And that could maybe help them, but does anyone really care if it's going to be against some crappy non-Power 5 school? Like, yeah. what's the point in it at that point, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I I – there is an argument that the eight-game conference schedule, if you're just talking about a wins and losses standpoint, that it's the best thing for OU. Yeah. Right? Because we have, we have our one rival in Texas – Right. We 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 know who it is, right? And then you just go, you got your one, and then you play your other seven and you rotate them. Right. That would probably be, it doesn't force any new rivalries on OU. It it would not be the worst thing in the world. Right. But I I still think it's gonna be nine. And it's got everything to do with money. And, and maybe we we talked about it. You know, a while back, maybe this is a play from the SEC to try to get more money from ESPN. Yeah. Said, hey, we, there is momentum building for us just to play eight. If if you want all the schools in this conference to play nine, you're our television partner. You're going to, you're going to have to sweeten this deal. That pro rata thing. Eh, that ain't working for us. Let's, uh, let's come to an agreement, a renegotiation of sorts.
1: Well, if, you got to imagine if you're ESPN and you play um, nine conference games instead of eight. Like that, I don't know how many games that is, but that gives you a, a a much better inventory number than the eight does. With that ninth game is a is a non conference against some rum drum,
0: yeah. So we'll we'll see how it works out. I still think it's going to be 9, but thought that was interesting momentum. Momentum yeah. is building for 8. On that note, episode 321 in the books. Be safe out there. Memorial Day weekend, make good choices people. Uh make sure just don't do anything too stupid. Right? You can be stupid, just don't be too stupid. There's right. There's a fine line. There's a fine line there. Uh, We'll have a new podcast. that will drop Wednesday. Women's College World Series preview with our man, Chris Plank. It's going to be electric. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from three to six on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, channel 375. Hope you all have a great rest of your weekend. Have an awesome start to your week. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.